Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Chad Brendel again, Bearcat Journal covers Cincinnati. We've gotten to know him since all of the discussion that Cincinnati would join the Big 12. Well, that's happened. This is their first year. Chad joins us with Paul Craig. I'm David Smoke on 365 Sports. Chad, this is a game. You have Cincinnati in a little bit of a free fall. Baylor has been in one really almost since the beginning. Uh, and yet it's important, right, that, that somebody has to win this game? Yeah, I mean, for Cincinnati, they, they started out pretty well. They, they stubbed their toe against Miami of Ohio, and that kind of that started this current trend. Um, the, the problem for Cincinnati is even though they weren't getting wins, ultimately they were playing fairly well up until Iowa state last week. Uh, Iowa state last week was a disaster and you can't like you're, you're in a spot where you can't let that become, uh, the norm for the rest of the season. So this Baylor game is incredibly important for Scott Satterfield and company. Chad, what do you feel that, Cincinnati will lead into against a Baylor defense that's not stopped the run very much. You know, Emory Jones can be an adventure either way. Um, and to protect him the most and have the most success moving the football. I mean, the, the most effective thing they've done with consistency is run Emory Jones. Um, up until the Iowa State game, though, I mean, they had been averaging well over 200 yards a game on the ground. They're one of the best rush offenses in the country. So you would think there has to be a focus to to get back to that, to, to be a team that, you know, just tries to kind of lean on you in the run game and, and use the pass as a supplement to the run game. Uh, I, I, part of it against Iowa State, they were behind most of the game, so they didn't really get a chance to kind of find a groove. But, I mean, ultimately that's been their bread and butter. They've got a couple really talented backs and a quarterback that can run. Um, if you're playing a team that can't stop the run, probably be wise to see how much you can run the ball. Chad, uh, Iowa State's started off as a little bit of a surprise team. How much of just last week, too, was you think that the Cyclones are pretty good based on what you saw? I think their defense is, is really stout. And especially if they get you in a situation where you have to throw. And their pass defense, especially their, their defensive secondary, is really good. Um they play tight coverage. You don't see a lot of guys running open, and the guys that are running open, 
Uh, their safeties are excellent over the top. So, uh, you know, I think just as that game played out and Iowa State built their lead, they just squeezed the life out of the Cincinnati passing game. If you can play from in front on a Iowa State, I think, you know, you can probably be in a, a lot better position because their run defense isn't as stout. But if they can just pin their ears back, come after you and, and play coverage, you're probably going to be in trouble against them. Chad, uh, Nippert Stadium is a great environment. Uh, does that lose any luster with the three-game losing streak? It, it hasn't so far, but it's <laughs> it'll be interesting on Saturday. Um, you know, people are frustrated. This is a program that, that hasn't lost in, uh, in a pretty good stretch. So hitting a rough patch, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, the weather will be interesting as well. Um, it looks like the weather is going to be done. You know, there's some rain today and tomorrow. It looks like it should be done by Saturday morning. But if they're dealing with any lingering weather, like you worry that everybody's going to be tempted to, uh, Take a week off, I think, uh, is, a, is a decent way to put it. Chad, what is what's your, I guess, midseason assessment of what Scott Satterfield has improved so far with this Bearcat team? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not right now, not a, not a whole lot. Uh, it, unfortunately, it feels like the arrow is kind of trending in the wrong direction because of that Iowa State game. Um, I, look, I think they did a really good job in the transfer portal getting power five level talent at the top of this roster. I think the biggest problem that they have with, you know, I think over the past three years prior to this year, there's nine, four, three, like 16 guys in the NFL uh, off of Cincinnati's roster over the past three years. I don't think that they they have done a great job replacing that number of talent walking out the door. Um, and then you have the defections with the coaching change and, you know, 23 transfers brought in by Satterfield. Unfortunately, what people don't tell you about the transfer portal is you can go get power five level contributors, but it's really difficult to go find power five level, you know, stars, the top, very top of the roster guys. And I don't think they did enough of that in this cycle. Um, but, you know, it, it's hard to judge right now because it's a, it's a team that it feels like is losing confidence. And, you know, th- these are guys through the fickle era, like they won 9, 10, 11, 12 games every year. Most of these guys have never experienced a four-game losing streak. So uh, the key for Baylor in this game, I think, is if you can jump down, jump out early and, uh, again, put their confidence in doubt, I think Baylor's in a good spot. But as far as what's improved, it's really hard to say because things are kind of kind of going the opposite way. The defensive line has been really good as expected. Um, from there, not a whole lot, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, you're telling me not everybody in the transfer portal is Keon Coleman. Because <laughs> that's kind of right. how it feels. Yeah. Like Baylor went and got like 11 transfers, and everybody's like, oh, they've retooled. And quite frankly, like maybe one of them's made any impact out of like 11 guys. That's that's super notable. So, yeah, it's it's not an exact science of you just go and grab your groceries and it all turns into a terrific recipe, right? Right. Sometimes, you know, you, you find out that the, uh, the tomato was bad right. and uh, the pasta was the wrong pasta. And next thing you know, you're, you're ordering carry out. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's a reason guys are available sometimes, and it's not just NIL, you know, uh, or whatever. Right. But uh, you mentioned the, the run defense, and obviously that was a, a big part of the, the hype during the offseason about the, the positives of, of what that, that defensive line could turn into. So you mentioned that they're, they're kind of living up to that. What about that back seven? I mean, Baylor's a team they're talking about uh, a lot of struggles running the football, and they're going to have to pass to run. Uh, how has Cincinnati's pass defense stacked up so far? It is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen, guys. Um, if you look at number of passes completed in the country, Cincinnati has allowed the third fewest pass completions in the country. Hmm. Like every game, it's like the, the quarterback completed 14, 12, 13, 14 passes. But they also completed 14 passes for 275 yards. <laughs> so they're giving up uh, an uncanny amount of big plays on the back end. Um, the problem being we knew this defensive line was very good and going to be very good stopping the run. They have not been very good getting to the quarterback. Now I know that's something Baylor has struggled with. So that's going to be another point of contention. uh, I think in terms of who wins this game, Uh, if Cincinnati can bring down the quarterback, that changes their, their ability to play pass defense a little bit. But as it stands, they, they have, they have not given up many completions, but they have given up a ton of yards and allowed teams to be super efficient passing the ball. And that's kind of the boom or bust with a, with a pass defense that is designed to get after the quarterback and create turnovers. Well, here's the problem, guys. They're not sacking the quarterback. They're not creating turnovers, and they are giving up big plays. So there's no boom, and there's a lot of bust in Cincinnati's pass defense. If if Baylor needs to throw it 25, 30, 35 times a game, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see how Cincinnati holds up. If they if they need to do that, they, yeah, they, they probably need to to pivot to it, Chad. As a matter of fact, <laughs> the, to hear you talk and to hear us talk this week about what Baylor does well, it appears that both these teams are kind of in the same spot. Uh, facing each other is that right the one thing that that each team does well the other team doesn't stop well so this could get really weird and interesting or it could be a hell of a uh, game you know what i called it last night on our podcast i i called this game the movable force against the resistible object <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, and you also mentioned if baylor gets off to a good start and other than maybe a little bit early against utah they haven't done that either Cincinnati hasn't either, so it might be three to nothing at the end of the first quarter, guys. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, oh, Chad, um, what have you thought of? You mentioned Emory Jones earlier and how he's been effective in the running game, but obviously very turnover prone. Um, but yeah. what have you just made of his game overall? So I think he has gotten a little jumpy, a little antsy in the pocket. Uh, Cincinnati is their offensive line has done a good job run blocking. They have not given him a lot of time in the passing game. So it almost feels like he's his brain is not allowing him to get to the backside of a play. Mm. So it's kind of, you know, take the snap, look at the, the first option. If that's not there, check out the check down. And if he doesn't like that, then he's taken off. And, you know, that's not a good place to be. If you're a quarterback, um, it, it just, it's felt like they've had guys on the backside open. And I wonder how much of that is teams are watching 
and saying, you know what, like we don't even we don't even have to guard, you know, the the boundary side, or we don't we don't have to pay any attention to the backside of the play because he's not getting there to beat us that way. So you know, wherever his head goes when the ball is snapped, you you focus there, you stop the check down, and then you wait for him to run. Um, and you know, yes, the offensive line has been uh, a little porous. But I, I think he needs to start regaining that confidence to stand in there and get to the backside of the play. Um, the, the other thing that's been really odd, you know, you watched him through camp. You watched him in their opening game against Eastern Kentucky and then uh, against Pitt when they beat Pitt. Like, he was throwing an outstanding people. And we haven't seen it in four games. I mean, he has missed... You know, you go back to the, the Iowa State game, first quarter, fifth play of the game. He's got a guy on a deep post running 10 yards free of the defense, and he overthrows him by four yards. I mean, I think I could have scored a touchdown on that play. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he had one in the BYU game down the sideline. And, you know, early in that game, that, that could have changed the momentum of that game. And he misses the guy by three yards over the top. I, I don't know if it's a matter of, trying to be perfect, not putting enough air under the ball, like whatever the case may be, he is not putting himself in the position to, to make big plays through the air. You know, and it's, it's crazy. Like you look at the low scores for Cincinnati going into the Iowa state game, they have the most first downs in the country. Like they were averaging almost 20, 23, 24 first downs a game but they weren't making any big plays. So they were having to move the ball, you know, 11 yards at a time. And it just puts so much stress on the offense to, to complete these long 13, 14, 15 play drives without making any mistakes. And it's, it's not sustainable. And, you know, that's kind of where Emory, I think is, um, is not doing himself or the offense any favors because you hit a couple of those big plays the defense has to play different. They have to respect your ability to go over the top. And, you know, right now teams don't have to respect this offense 15 yards past the line of scrimmage. Chad, Emory Jones kind of reminds me of that pitcher on your favorite Major League Baseball team that's like the fifth starter that he, you, he, he stresses you out, but every once in a while you'll, like, check your phone and go, oh, He's got a no-hitter going through seven. How did this happen? And you <laughs> tune it in. And, you know, then you're like, okay, well, maybe he's turned the corner. And then the next time he, you know, hits the first two batters and, and yeah. walks seven, right? He gives up six runs in three innings, and you're wondering, well, okay, it looks it looks great now. He's, he's pitched, uh, you know, 13 innings and allowed uh, six runs. That's pretty good. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, that's not a bad analogy. I, I mean, it's, it's, it, it hits very close to home because it does feel like, you know, there are times like you're like, all right, it seems like he's getting things together and the team is moving the ball and, and things are starting to click. And then, you know, you don't see it again for five quarters. Chad, uh, this kind of off topic a little bit, but, uh, would you ever have thought, uh, that, you know, a Cincinnati Bearcat would be dating the biggest superstar in the entire world. Is that does that even resonate? Uh, the whole Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey thing around Cincinnati is is that even a, a talked about subject at all, or, or what's kind of made of it? Oh that? yeah, 
Well, it's talked about a lot in my house because I have a 13-year-old daughter. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There who, you go. Who, remember, I've been doing this for 16 years, so you know what my daughter's name is, right? I don't think you guys know this. No. My daughter's name is Kelsey. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, there you go. She's named after Jason. Awesome. Golly. So so I tell her all the time, she's like, I'm named after Travis. He's the cute one. Yeah. I'm like, honey, <laughs> and, honey, in 2010, Travis Kelsey sucked. Yeah. Like, he was kicked off the team when right. you were born. He was a quarterback, um, wasn't he? Well, yeah, he was a, like a, a gimmick quarterback. Right. And, then, and then he got kicked off the team, Butch Jones' first year for – uh, partying a little too hard at the Sugar Bowl and failing an NCAA mandated drug test, um, but she's also a diehard Swifty. So now she is convinced that because Dad knows Travis, that Kelsey is going to meet Taylor. Oh gosh! <laughs> well, I mean, if you have any clout, right? right? Yeah, I mean, my goodness, you ought to get that. You ought to make that. It sounds like you entering this game as someone who's covering Cincinnati, and as we have covered Baylor, we really don't know what the hell we're going to see. Either it's going to be a 17-6 to game somehow, one way or the other, or it could end up being just one that is a hellacious game that's 31-28 or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the thing that's interesting for me from, from a Cincinnati perspective, I did not see a team with a lot of fight when the going got tough against Iowa State. And coming off a three-game losing streak, coming off a bye, like, that's just not normal for here. Like, you know, the, the one thing that Cincinnati has been known for is don't stand in the middle of the ring and, and trade haymakers with you. And I didn't see that last week. So it's going to be very telling the type of emotion this team plays with Saturday. Because if they come out flat again, or if, you know, one or two things go wrong for Baylor or in Baylor's favor early and they start hanging their heads, that is not a, uh, a great sign for, for what's to come over the last five games for Cincinnati. I fully expect this team to come out angry, uh, or at least I hope they will, based on that performance that they had last week. So that part's going to be interesting. I mean, it's a, it's, we have seen in this league – a couple times already this year, teams that have picked themselves up off the mat. You know, you, you looked at Oklahoma State uh, early, and it was like, oh, my. Like, that's – Yep. I mean, they might need to get rid of Gundy is what people were saying three weeks into the season. Texas Tech has kind of picked themselves up off the mat. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if one of these two teams uses this opportunity Saturday to kind of get things going in the opposite direction as we head down the stretch. Hey, Chad, we appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much, and good luck with Taylor Swift meeting your daughter, Kelsey. That's going to be – that's your number one target the rest of the year for Christmas. That's Chad Brindell. He's a, he's fantastic at what he does. Appreciate him. Cover Cincinnati, the Bearcats, in need of a win like Baylor. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.